You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome into Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White. I'm here today with Jeremy Thompson and Wilts Couture. We'd love to hear from you this morning. Everyday Tech is MPB Think Radio's show about consumer technology and your very own personal IT department, all wrapped up into one convenient package. Jeremy can help you fix it. Wilts can help you keep it safe, and both can do either well. So you're in good hands either way. Coming up today, a guy with a little help from the inside. One guy unlocked almost 2 million AT&T phones. And needless to say, folks were unhappy about it. Uh, DoorDash has introduced on-demand alcohol delivery to, to more than 20 states in the District of Columbia. Twitter is going to pay over $800 million in antitrust uh, lawsuit results. iOS 15 is out. It's got some interesting new perks, and we'll uh, discuss some of those. And uh, China is severely restricting, in a new law, teens' access to gaming. And I want to ask not just uh, parents, but gamers that listen to the show, might they be onto something? Uh, And if that's just an open-ended question, they might be onto something. It, It might be something that ultimately is better for society if... You know, people are kind of forced to do more than just one thing if it's the one thing they love, or maybe not. Maybe it's um, uh, overreach in terms of the restriction. We want to hear from you regardless this morning. Got any tech problems, issues, questions, you have a story, experience to share, call us on Everyday Tech this morning. The number is 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Email us, everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Fellows, good morning. Wilts, how's it going, man? Oh, man, pretty good, pretty good. Just building a few servers this morning, having a little bit of, you know, old school fun. Haven't built, so haven't had to build <laughs> servers in a while, so. Yeah, old school fun. Speaking speaking of, yeah. uh, uh, you know, speaking uh, with Wilts this morning, uh, we do have another story about uh, ransomware attack. And uh, this time it's a farming co-op. Uh, and again, I don't. It, it seems like the people who launch these ransomware attacks uh, they always try to shroud it in some sort of uh, valor, but I mean, you're gonna have to dig. Oh in. yeah, we're we're wonderful people for doing this. We're not out to hurt you. We're only out to hurt the corporations. So. Right, right. Uh, down yeah, with. Never the... mind. We've shut down your hospitals and you know made all of your prices go outrageous. It, it's really for you. Yeah, and schools and everything else. And now we're hitting the the local farmers market. So yeah, uh, yeah. Jeremy, how's it going this morning? Good morning, fellas. It's 66 degrees in Hattiesburg and beautiful. I know, right? This is our week of fall. Everybody get hype? <laughs> yeah, a little taste. You're right. A little taste. Enjoy it while you can. Uh, hopefully it hangs around for a little while. I know in central Mississippi, uh, this first cold snap is uh, usually uh, at least close to being in lockstep with the state fair. So it's, uh, uh, you know, COVID is done its best to kind of wreck things like that the last year or so. So maybe we'll have, 
you know, some good times again with something like that. And uh, people can have those experiences. But, uh, yeah, interesting stuff going on today. Again, we would love to hear from you. 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. And uh, uh, before we get uh, uh, too deep uh, into, uh, you know, what you guys are up to and all the stories that we have this week, I do want to get to uh, this number one the story where uh, a man who unlocked by himself, and I say by himself, it, one guy hatched the scheme. He found guys on the inside to help him um, unlock 1.9 million AT&T phones. And so as I'm talking about this and leading into the story, the link is dead. So we'll talk about that later. And we'll take our first call of the morning. Let's go to... Uh, Sean, who is somewhere in Arkansas. Sean, thanks for calling this morning. Go right ahead. What's going on? Hey, good morning. Uh, first off, I'm a trucker, and I've got a real issue with these iPhones. Uh, it's a double-edged sword, in my opinion. I mean, everybody is just so connected, they're disconnected. And my biggest issue is, I cannot tell you how many accidents I've almost seen because somebody is watching their email. And I always wonder when I see an accident, was the cell phone involved? And I wonder if there is, I don't know what you would call it, like a dead man switch. Uh, if you could sink into these high-tech cars to get the phone to shut off until the car stops moving. There are got, there are some uh, modes that phones have that will allow you to do that. that anytime somebody, right. like, uh, texts you, it auto-texts back, hey, I'm driving right now, I can't communicate. But the problem is is that it requires, like, manually... Uh, like, like people manually making the decision to do that, and as, unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to do that. Oh, let me ask you, right. Sean. I mean, you, yeah. you, you're a professional driver, uh, right? So can you you obviously you're watching traffic and you see how people drive and and move around in traffic. Can you tell like can you tell when somebody is driving erratically enough that you know what's going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably better than 50 percent of the time. People pass me, and because I have a, a high perspective, I can look down in the car and see some yo-yo holding his phone. There are some telltale yeah. signs. They seem to kind of like swivel. They bump the lines. There, it's it's pretty obvious when somebody's driving and they're on their phone. Um, yeah. I know the Google Maps by default. Whenever I put in a location now, it puts my phone in do not disturb mode when it knows that I'm driving. So I agree this is a big problem, but there's a little bit being done about it. Yeah, a little bit. I wonder how many people have to, because it only takes one. You end up in the ditch or you end up dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you're dead, you don't get, I mean, you don't have a reset button like you do on these crazy uh, 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 games. You know, your guys die and just hit the reset button. But anyway. Uh, but well, yeah, 
we're we're very much pro uh, people paying attention while they're driving. Um, sure. We believe in, in finding space from your digital life, especially while you're behind the wheel of a car. And we try to promote that message as much as we can on our show without being overbearing. Um, but we, we are definitely not supporters of people that text and drive. And we believe that everybody should be paying attention to the road when they're in their car, whether they're trying to fiddle with the radio or whatever, 100% of that attention needs to be on the road. It does. It does. Because to tell you the truth, people are not that good. They're not as good as they think they are. I think that's, and Sean, and Sean, we appreciate the call this morning. Thanks for starting us off with that. It is something absolutely worth thinking about. Uh, I think that's the biggest deal. And, and I use a little bit of an analogy here. Uh, you know, I have to stay on to my son about wearing a seatbelt. And I don't know why. And I've yelled, at, I've yelled at him and done everything he could do. And sometimes he just, he forgets or he doesn't want to. And, and I've gone as far to explain to him. Uh, and I think how I'm going to connect this back to, you know, people using their phones while they're driving. I think the thing is people think, well, I, I know how to handle this. And because I know how to drive and I'm good at this, kind of what you, you, you all were alluding to just a second ago, I, I'm okay. This is not, nothing's going to happen to me. And I think a lot of this is you feel that way until you learn that that stuff's not in your control, ultimately. And uh, I know I, I try to tell my son, right? So 2017, I had a bad accident on Interstate 10 in New Orleans, and traffic was backed up, and it was at a standstill, and I, I came to a stop, and the person behind me evidently was not paying attention and never checked up, and hit, I, was at a, I was at a stop, and the person behind me hit me going 60, flipped me up into the car in front of me and over into traffic in the next lane to the left that was still moving where I got hit again and flipped some more, and that I, I had nothing to do with that. You know, I didn't do anything wrong right there. And I was still impacted by it. And this is what I try to tell my son. He's like, well, you know, we're just going here or you're a good driver. And I'm like, doesn't matter. doesn't matter how I could be a perfect driver. You know, there are other people out there who are not. And you have to be prepared for those people also. And I think it's the same way with, you know, driving and being distracted by your phone. I think, you know, I mean, we feel like, when we know how to manage these. I'm a good driver. You know, I know how to work this phone fine. And you put those two things together and you're like, it's nothing's going to happen to me because I'm paying close enough attention and I got it. I'm safe and I'm a careful driver. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, and unfortunately, like with distracted driving, you know, um, one mistake and your life can be over. And so it's it is uh, it's a risk to take. And here's the other part of it. It's it's not like. Um, you know, like a, a sports team where if you win, you know, 12 and lose four, you still had a great season. Like, uh, you know, everybody thinks that they can handle this because they've always handled it. Well, it only takes one loss, right? You're losing this one, one time and you're like, your life can be over. And so I think people just don't think that all the way through. But anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to start the show with. And we appreciate Sean calling. Let's take our first break here. When we come back, we've got uh, T, who is in Memphis, and Alan, who's in Brandon. 
And we'll take your calls as well, 877-MPB-RING, 877-672-7464. I do have the link now where we could talk about the guy who unlocked 1.9 million AT&T phones and uh, over seven years and his uh, prison term that he got. And uh, plenty more that we could dig into, including China's uh, very restrictive ban over gaming and... Uh, the, uh, the owners of TikTok have made arrangements. I mean, look, for the, the Chinese equivalent to the TikTok app, uh, folks are restricted to like 45 minutes of this at a time. And so it's very interesting stuff. Are they on to something or is it an overreach? I'd love to hear parents and gamers' thoughts on that. We can talk about that more in Severity Tech on Think Radio. This is an MVB Think Radio podcast. Download today. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening this morning. Let's go straight back to the phones. Let's start with uh, Alan, who is in Brandon. Alan, thanks for calling. Good morning. Alan, you there? What's going on, man? Oh, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Sorry. No, that's no problem. I'm still hearing the music in my ear. Sorry. Let uh, (laughs) let Let me get off this thing. You still there? Yeah. All right. Go right ahead. I'm still here. There's a yeah. I'm here. Hang on. Hang on. All right. I had to shut my app down because the app there was a time delay between what the app's playing and and what you're saying on the phone call. That darn app. Am I coming through? You are here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to comment on what Sean's already said. With an app that'll give common sense to people, then by all means, let's do it. There, there is just too much stupidity in the world, and, and, and unfortunately, I suspect if they came up with such an app, most people wouldn't install it on their phones. But uh, uh, I, yeah, th- this is one of those difficult situations. I, I know a couple of years back, Apple tried to uh, fix it so it would it would it would use one of those location services and detect where you where you're in a car moving and stuff. Well, that's great. It's a it's about you know, I, I'm visually impaired. I don't drive anymore, but I still ride around in a car a lot and I you know, I don't want it shutting my phone off when I'm trying you know, when somebody's driving me somewhere. So it's it, it, it it's a hard kind of thing to do. And if if the people that are driving their cars are are, are dumb enough to try to use their phones at the same time then they really ought not to have a license. But, you know, how, 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 how do you manage that? It's just, uh, yeah. uh, it, it's, it's, it's like I was saying, yeah, uh, 
Maybe they need to come up with with a, with, with, with an injection instead of a a, a virus injection, a, a common sense injection. It would be lovely if they could develop something like that. But uh, hey, uh, but, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. But anyway, <laughs> nobody would take it. I, I, yeah, I, I I don't mean to gas on, but you, you, you know, it's just you know that. Driving can be dangerous. I mean, if you're not paying attention to what you're doing, I mean, you're either going to kill yourself or you're going to kill somebody else. And it's just, I mean, it's just stupid. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of time when you get where you're going to, to get your phone out and, and be rude then, I guess. But but, but still, it's, uh, uh, but anyway, I, oh, and I forgot to say hello to, 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 to Jay Wilson, Jeremy. Glad, glad you guys are all there. And, uh, I, I love the program, so so thanks for taking my call. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you calling in this morning. And uh, yeah, the thing is, and I understand what you're saying, but uh, if if there was a way to, I guess, prohibit people who they determine might be doing this, what what do you guys think would be the percentage of people who would get hit with this? I'm thinking oh, like it's sixty percent. I think it's way more than that. I think it's almost I'm, everybody. I'm thinking more like seventy to eighty. I, I think that might even be low. I mean, personally, because, look, I just gave you an anecdote as to why, I mean, I'm aware of why you shouldn't do it. And sometimes I still catch myself doing it, you know. So, I mean, I just like, I, I think, you know, people may try to restrict themselves or something like that. But, I mean, even I think people, you know, if they feel that they're in a, in a safe spot or there's not much traffic or something like that and they, you know, still trying to find something on their phone that they need or something like that, or they feel like they need or something like that. And I'm, I'm guilty of that. There's no doubt. Uh, I, I think, I mean, like 90%, I think would be maybe even low. Uh, but uh, uh, regardless. All right, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to uh, Bill next, who is in Meridian. Bill, what's going on? Hey, Bill. Hello. Hey, Bill, you there? Yes, sir. All right, go ahead. So, so uh, I'm a delivery driver. I rely on my phone to get offers for deliveries. And when I'm in the car, you know, I'm going places, but uh, certain companies have certain time frames that they send out offers, usually. Sometimes they just send one out that's, uh, you know, whoever gets it gets it. But I typically have a little bit of time to... uh, accept an offer, but the problem is it's not very much time. Now, I just made a delivery, and I was driving down four-lane highway, and I have a cradle uh, for my phone, but I have to check it. The, the alert tones don't always work, so my eyes are constantly darting back to that telephone, and I don't like it. I would prefer not to be that way, but in order to get jobs i gotta pay attention to the telephone yeah and there are hundreds of thousands of drivers out there like me i mean not all here but you know they're all over the country everywhere you go there are literally hundreds of drivers wherever you go so i don't know what can be done about that but it's a problem it really is and then you got the maps you know i'm going places i don't know so I gotta be constantly checking the map, and it's it does not feel safe, but I have little other choice. So don't always jump on the guy looking at his telephone. Cause <laughs> some, sometimes 
they just don't have an option. All right. I, I'm not. I was gonna say I'm not. I'm not. I don't text. I don't like to text sitting down in a chair at home. Right. But, but, you know, sometimes you just don't have any other options, and so. Uh, yeah, let's not text, but there are people out there who just don't have any other choice but to keep looking at that telephone. All right, Bill, we appreciate the call. And yeah, that's interesting. Well, you know, thinking about all the Uber and Lyft drivers and things like that and delivery p- folks who's got who have to use GPS. That's, that is uh, something I haven't thought about. There's supposed well, to be, you know, technology that assists us with phenomenal. this. So hands-free technology. And we're supposed to be able to tell our phone, you know, do this, do that, text this person, call this person, yada, yada. But the technology is not that great. And so what I found is that something that's supposed to keep your phone out of your hands actually ends up putting it in your hands because you're trying to correct whatever error it made translating your speech to a command. Wills, were you going to say something there? Oh, I was just saying uh, the CarPlay options, if your car has that, I know, you know, that – that has been a, a game changer for me. Now, you know, I'm one of those two. My phone will do the auto reply. If you try to text me while I'm driving, you get a note back saying, I'm driving right now, you know, talk to you later. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, we've gotten so reliant on them. And, and yeah, um, I mean, I don't know if, if anybody's used the Android version of Apple CarPlay. I use the Apple CarPlay. Um, Makes me kind of wonder, how did we get around 20 years ago when we didn't have GPSs? <laughs> we had maps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and stuff. And just driving yeah. around. Uh, yeah, but the, yeah, you mentioned, you make a good point. The Apple CarPlay and the Android Auto uh, modes Which are... Which has been discontinued. Oh, has it? I see, I didn't even know yeah. that. I, I used that recently. But the thing is, it's that it, we're kind of in a... We're in a situation now where only really the newest cars. Um, I mean, you need a you need a certain type of uh, you know in dash uh, size of monitor for those things yeah. to work properly uh, and not. I mean, we're 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 in a only the newest cars really come available for stuff like that unless you want to you know, pay for your own modifications to older model cars to do that. And that's, you know, that's coming out of your pocket for some pretty decent money, depending on what you want to get, uh, regardless. And so that's, you know, a, a, a judgment call for a lot of people. But uh, those do work very well. I know the the Android Auto also, specifically, I've used that in my wife's car. And uh, it is it is almost frustrating how the layout is. And I think that's on purpose to keep you from falling into the same traps that you would while using your phone if it were in your hand in your car. And I, I have an appreciation for that because after a while, you've got to get frustrated and you leave it be and you go about your business, which is driving at the current time. And uh, I mean, from that standpoint, I think it works how it's designed to supposed to work in, in that regard. Let's go back to the so phone. With Android 12, uh-huh. uh, Google has, uh, they're discontinuing the uh, uh, Android Auto, and they're integrating it into the Google Assistant. And like I said, they've put it in Google Maps. So out of your control, if you're running Android 12 and you start going places in Google Maps, it's going to put your phone in do not disturb mode. And if you're listening to music or an audio book, it puts a, a 
large widget at the bottom of your map to allow you to pause or skip or whatever. Um, so they're kind of working on integrating that experience with what we already use because with Android Auto, you had to open the app or you had to tell your phone, like, try to detect when I'm driving to open Android Auto. But at least when Google Maps is open, it's much more likelier that you would be on the road. So they're trying to make that experience more seamless. And it kind of works. But like I said, a lot of the time you're telling this technology, you know, trying to do hands-free what you want to do or what you want to text somebody and it gets it wrong and then you end up having to correct it. So it's like sometimes <laughs> it's not worth the struggle. Right, right. All right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Les up next into Soto County. Les, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Excellent. Thanks for calling in. Uh, the point I wish to make is perhaps a little peripheral to what you were talking about, restricting the amount of time people, young people, play games. There was a recent report in Great Britain that the resurgence of the disease rickets could be attributable to the fact that young people now spend more time playing games and less time getting sunshine. And rickets is a vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. A matter of some concern, I think. Well, that's that's part of, you know, that's where my mind went, is that, you know, people aren't getting outside and, and, and not just, you know, being outside and getting those experiences of, you know, being outside and being around other people, but, you know, the social aspect of it. I think, you know, it's it's troubling, and I don't know, I, to a, to some extent, that I, I have this issue with my own son where he's he's making a lot of friends that he never sees because they're in chat rooms uh, or they're yeah. through games and things like that, and they're not people that he can go and see. Uh, and so he doesn't yep. have those face-to-face interactions with people. Uh, it's all, you know, in, uh, under a, under a headset through a you, video game. Yeah. yeah, I think they use the term virtual these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, my daughter's a doctor. I mean, I, admittedly, in New Zealand, she's a surgeon. Uh, she brought it to my attention, and she said they've noticed it in New Zealand as well. And uh, wow. this report was in Great Britain. And uh, okay, the social aspect is certainly. Uh, uh, quite frightening, but also when you start becoming getting the root of a physical disease and not just obesity, which, as we all know, is on the rise, then uh, it might be something worth addressing down the road. All right, uh, Les, we appreciate the call from DeSoto County this morning. We appreciate it. And in reference to that story, uh, here's uh, the Reuters article on it. China has forbidden under-18s from playing video games for more than three hours a week. All right, just initial reaction, guys. What do you think about that? Three hours a week for under-18s, yay or nay? You with that or no? No. <laughs> Wilts? As a gamer, I, I, I say no, man. <laughs> Wilts, what do you think? No, not at all. And it's really scary that a government's sitting there dictating what you're going to do in your house as far as for playing on your video games. I understand. A, a stringent social intervention, um, uh, it was said, needed to pull the plug on a growing addiction to what it once described as, quote-unquote, spiritual opium. Uh, all right. The new rules published um, August 30th, so right at the end of last month, are part of a major shift in Beijing to strengthen control over its society and key sectors of its economy, including tech, education, and property, 
after years of runaway growth. The restrictions, which apply to any devices, including phones, are a body blow to a global gaming industry that caters to tens of millions of young players in the world's most lucrative market. They limit under-18s to playing for one hour a day between 8 p.m. Or, or excuse me. Uh, they limit under-18s to playing for one hour a day, 8 to 9 p.m., on only Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Wow. Uh, <laughs> they can also play for an hour at the same time on public holidays. The rules from the National Press and Publication Administration um, uh, regula- uh, regulator coincide with a broader clampdown by Beijing against China's tech giants, such as Alibaba Group and Tencent Holdings. Uh, the campaign to prevent what state media has described as the savage growth of some companies has wiped tens of billions of dollars off shares traded at home and abroad. Um, so, yeah, not is it, okay. it's not just three hours a week. It's three, three, it's three separate single hours. So, yeah, that's uh, and, and, and okay. uh, I got to this story. Uh, based off a story that, and look, the, the tech companies in China, if, if they still want to operate in that country, uh, you know, they're having to change the rules of what they do to kind of uh, stay in line with this. And uh, the ByteDance, which is the owner of the TikTok app here in the United States and across the world, it's, it's something different in China. There's a, it's a companion app. But it is China's TikTok, essentially, has limited uh, users to 40 minutes uh, a day. So I don't know. There there are some people that could not handle just 40 minutes of TikTok a day, including possibly my wife. Uh, But anyway, what were you going to say there, Jeremy? An hour of gaming three days a week, three, three total hours a week, means that the average game, if it's like, somewhere between 40 and 60 hours will take you like 20 to 30 weeks to complete. It's almost like they just don't want kids playing games at all. And so they're just trying to make it as least interesting as possible. I mean, when I get down right to it, like when I don't play games that much anymore, but I used to get in gaming mode, you know, and I could go for hours. And this doesn't even get you a chance to get warmed up before it's time to quit playing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I, I don't know. You mentioned well, it, it, there's something in me that, that likes making the game instead of just like plowing through a game in like a day and a half, something that makes it more of a like a long-term accomplishment. There's something in that that I kind of dig, but at the same time, you know, something about the government telling you that you have to do it that way. Uh, there's there's something to that. I don't know. But uh, all right, let's go back to the phones. We've got Martha, who is in uh, Louisville. Martha, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling in. <clears throat> um, I have not heard anybody mention using a Garmin or um, I have on my phone a GPS um, thing that you can you can put in the address and it talks to you to tell you which way to go. 
I've not heard anybody um, mention that. That certainly is um, that. Are, that certainly is something you do. I think a lot of people wind up wanting to listen to music, and they turn the voice commands off because it interferes with their music. I don't, I don't know what that says about us, but I think that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an option, so, though. It absolutely is. It's, absolutely. Martha, thanks for the call. We appreciate it this morning. When it comes I mean, to the uh, helpful guy in Android telling you, or in, in your uh, your Maps program or on your Garmin telling you, turn here, do this, do that, the only problem is that sometimes the timing that they deliver those commands is too early or too late. And so if you're on like a busy interstate with like three exits, it can be really daunting to figure it out. So it doesn't prevent people from looking at their device. It is helpful, but it's not a, it's, it's not really a a great band aid for this situation because most of the time it's not somebody looking at a map or something like that. It's somebody fiddling with their phone doing something else. But as far as the, the, the navigation goes that that works pretty well, but it's still not it's not going to solve the biggest problem, which is people opting to do other things while they're driving. What were you about to say, Wills? I said, you know, I mean, yeah, that's um, you know the voice commands on. I mean, I use that if I'm trying to go somewhere that I've not ever really been before. But kind of, kind of, almost really to what Jeremy was saying. You still, I mean, if I know where I'm going, those voice prompts don't do me too much good. And if you try to use that sometimes in New Orleans or any kind of city that has interstates that go over top of interstates, which go over top of interstates, um, it it's almost more confusing for me to use uh, turn by turn trying to go down there. Yeah, I think inside yeah. the city I mean, it yeah, can be helpful, and and you know if you're on you know in rural highways and things like that. But yeah, there are some instances like the you mentioned New Orleans. The first one I thought of is the last time I went to Dallas, uh, where there are you know Dallas um, uh, an interstate exit can have like two sub exits, and uh, yeah, for a, a dude that's lived in Jackson his whole life, that not used to that, uh, well, <laughs> and, missed, really, and missed really... several looking at. The GPS. Yeah. I missed several exits uh, when we first got there before I understood how that works. But anyway, well, I think the really cool thing that between all the different callers in our conversation here, the, the thing is, there's no such thing as a one size fits everybody. Yeah, you know what's gonna what's gonna work for me? You know, e- even just us three, for example. You know, we're gonna need to use those technologies differently depending on your location, depending on what you're trying to do. Um, I mean, I think it just kind of highlights that. You know, at the end of the day, there really are a lot of options depending on what you're needing it for. Yeah, I know. I like I like Waze. That's the one that I use the most. Only thing that gets me with Waze is I hate its choices of routes. Sometimes it will send me on some of the silliest ways of going. <laughs> no pun intended. Ways. Um, it's like it it will it has no problem favoring a you know two lane gravel road over an interstate. Sometimes it's just uh, I don't I don't get it. But but again, there are options. And I, I know this, and I learned this about Waze, speaking of that last time that I was in Dallas. If you go to a city that has a lot of toll roads, um, with one of the last updates, uh, you, there are there's a setting that you could set where you don't want to take any toll roads. But if you don't manually go in there and set that, it's going to take you the shortest route regardless, which in 
Some places, like Dallas, for example, are these express lanes. And Dallas takes express lanes to a whole different level than anybody else. They're like almost separate interstates that fly over the top of everything else. And once you get on that thing, man, you can be on that thing for miles. And every, I mean, every couple of miles you get clipped with one of these, with one of these tolls, you know. And before you know it, I mean, you can have spent in a place like Dallas where it's, there's so much urban sprawl. I mean, you can wind up taking a $60 drive on an express lane without really much of an option, you know, to get off to, to get to the same place where you were trying to go. Anyway, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll have another call, Jim from Jackson, and uh, also the man who unlocked almost 2 million AT&T phones over a span of, like, seven years. Get to that story before we head out as well. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio with Jeremy and Wills. I'm Jay. Thanks for listening. Let's go right back to the phones before we learn about the man who unlocked two million AT&T phones. Let's go to Jim in Jackson. Jim, what's going on, man? Thanks for calling. Yeah, good morning. Love your show, guys. Um, just had a comment about Waze. Um, I used it once for navigation purposes on my way to North Carolina for uh, a son's college tour, and I got to visit some exotic and unexpected <laughs> neighborhoods <laughs> with, the Waze, with the Waze navigation system. On the other hand, there is a, a significant plus because Waze has absolutely saved me hundreds of dollars and untold points on my driving record by alerting me to speed traps. It is most excellent at that. You know, we were just yeah. talking about that during the commercial break. Uh, you know, uh, Kevin, who's our phone screener this morning, and I were talking about, you know, the advantages to like a Garmin, for example. And the thing I love about Garmin is the lane layout. If you're coming up on a, a busy intersection or if you're taking an off ramp and you've got a quick turn after the off ramp and it lays out the lane configuration and which ones are going to go straight and which ones are turn only and which one you have to get to, you know, if you've got a you know, jump four or five lanes over to the left or right to get to the place you need to get, which is super, uh, that's a, that's a super good perk. But Waze, I said, the reason I, the reason I wind up using Waze more than like Google Maps per se is just like you said, it's, it's the fact that there are volumes of users and not just in big cities, you know, there are volumes and users in rural areas and, you know, bigger 
or what should I say, smaller big towns like a Jackson or Gulfport, Biloxi or Tupelo, per, you know, per se. And the fact that let's say I'm going to hop in the car and I got to make a run from Jackson to Memphis, you know, and if 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 <laughs> if the law enforcement situation is right, that's practically the autobahn. You can I mean, you can you can basically take off and fly into the sky making that drive. Right. And yeah, that only, way, your, only your car's computer will limit how fast you can go. Right. And so it, just knowing specifically going through Madison, maybe, I don't know, that um, having those reports, it's invaluable. And just like you said, that's what brings me back to the Waze app specifically. Now, every user has their own reason why they use what they use, of course. But that's specifically what brings me back to Waze time and time and time again is if we're if we're in a hurry trying to go through somewhere and uh, do I need, do I need to just like camp this thing? Do I need to, you know, you know, put my uh, put the car on whatever the speed limit is and just lock it down and you know just not have any expectation about getting here early or making up time or anything like that? Or can we, you know, take off into the sun if we need to? <laughs> I agree 100 percent. And, I, you know, I only use Waze for that purpose alone. And it is, you know, if they charge hundred dollars a year to use it i would pay how about that all right jim we appreciate the call man thanks for calling in this morning there is some of that integration in google maps since google owns ways uh you will occasionally get notified in google maps that there's a speed trap or something up ahead but ways is much more uh community driven and it's in my opinion it's much more reliable because not only will it tell you about speed traps and stuff like that it will also tell you about cars that are on the side of the road yeah. debris that's in the road it's very cool the way the way that Waze uses the community of drivers around you to crowdsource uh, conditions of the road yeah and to to his point Jim's i i think if and your point also i think if if Google Maps ever gets to the point where the user interaction is the same. And by that, I mean the reliability of the number of reports. Uh, and I don't mean like reports on, on Google Maps are wrong. I just don't think it's, it's not nearly as pro, uh, prevalent. So, but once that became, can become reliable in more places, I would make the jump over to it. Because in general, I like its layout a little bit better. And, you know, uh, and like... I think Jim alluded to sometimes the Waze navigation system can <laughs> throw you off the scent inadvertently. Uh, but, uh, yeah. All right, guys, here we go. A U.S. District Court has sentenced a man who unlocked 1.9 million AT&T phones to 12 years in prison. Mohammed Fahd con- uh, continued the seven-year scheme to defraud the company even after learning of an investigation against him. According to the Department of Justice, at Fod's sentencing hearing, Judge Robert S. Lasnick said he committed a, quote, terrible cybercrime over an extended period with AT&T, poor guys, said to have lost $201.5 million as a result. Fod con- contacted an AT&T employee through Facebook in 2012 and bribed them to help him unlock customers' phones with, quote-unquote, significant sums of money. Fod, a citizen of Pakistan and Granada, urged the employee to recruit co-workers at a Bothell, Washington call center for the scheme also. The Department of Justice says the employees unlocked phones for, quote-unquote, ineligible customers. 
who paid Vod a fee. In spring 2013, AT&T rolled out a system that made it more difficult for the employees to unlock phones. Vod then recruited an engineer to build malware that would be installed on AT&T's system to help him unlock phones more efficiently and remotely. The DOJ says the employees gave Fod details about the company's systems and unlocking methods to aid that process. The malware is said to have obtained information about the system and other AT&T employees' access credentials. The developer used those details to modify the malware. AT&T claims Fod and his associates unlocked just over 1.9 million phones through the scheme. The company says because of the unlocks, customers didn't complete payments on their devices, leading to the nine-figure loss. Uh, Fod was arrested in Hong Kong in 2018 following a 2017 indictment. He was extradited to the U.S. and pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit wire fraud in September of last year. Wilts, as an IT guy... This is, I mean, something like this has got to make you, like, lose sleep, right? That one person could, in a Facebook chat, infiltrate one employee of a company, and then it turns into something like this, right? Well, it's something we preach a lot. You can put all the security systems in place that you want to, but it just takes one person making one mistake to bring the entire house of cards down. There's no system you can put in place that can prevent the, the human um, error, unfortunately. Well, even like this, and I mean, this is Greed not, is a very, very powerful motivator. Right, right. I mean, this is not even like an error. This is somebody that was bribed, and that's just, yeah. wow. I mean, we talk about it, you know, we've talked about it up here at work and everything else, but, you know, the insider threat, uh, the, the problem is, is that a lot of times most companies, just like most households, et cetera, um, it, it's, it's kind of like a raw egg. We do a lot to try to harden that outside shell. We put, you know, from the from the IT side, we'll put firewalls and we'll put any malware software and we'll put all these policies and things in place that we can really harden that outside shell. Um, just like at our house, you could have, you know, really good locks and you can have cameras and security systems. But once someone gets inside, it's a soft, mushy center. Yeah. And once you're inside, there's not too much you can't do. So uh, I just wanted to break this down because I was interested in the numbers behind it. Uh Uh, At 1.9 million phones a day, if this took place over the course of six years, that's 54 phones per hour if they were working a 16-hour day. Wow. 867 phones per day, 26,388 a month, and 316,666 a year. When did these guys sleep? Right. Well, and it does say that, you know, he he the person that he infiltrated into the company, he got that guy to convince more people to kind of come over. And it may have it may have something to say about the morale of the work environment in that company. Probably. Well, I mean, maybe. what's excellent is their customer services. It's got to be wonderful. Right. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Did that slip out? <laughs> that's an incredible rate, though. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh, that's that that is. That's some motivation, evidently, for something or, or another. All right, and before we get out of here... Uh, if he had applied himself to something <laughs> worthwhile right. instead of a life of crime. Right, right. He's going to get 12 years of jail for that, by the way. 12 years. I don't know. Apple has uh, rolled out iOS 15, uh, iPad OS 15, Watch OS 8, and TV OS 15 to its uh, iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, and Apple TV devices. 
Uh, FaceTime and Messages have been upgraded on both the iPhone and iPad. FaceTime supports spatial audio and uh, will be reducing background noise while people can join FaceTime calls through shareable links on the web and Android. That's pretty cool. It'll be easier to track uh, to keep track of things your friends and family share with you in messages thanks to dedicated tabs in the new music, news, TV, and podcast apps. That's pretty cool also. Notifications have been overhauled. You'll have more control over push alerts, and you can let only notifications from select apps and people through when you activate one of the new focus modes. There are profiles for activities including sleeping and working, and the OS can automatically rearrange your home screen apps to bring the ones you're most likely to use at a certain time to the forefront. Also new on iOS 15 is the live text function, which works in a similar way to Google Lens. Um, The feature can extract written text from photos, screenshots, and the world around you. You can edit, translate, and share the text. The feature can also identify things like art, landmarks, plants, and pets. Uh, Elsewhere, there are new features for the maps, photos, and weather apps on iOS. Spotlight searches will have richer results, including your own photos, with Apple using machine learning to figure out what's in each image. On iPad, Quick Notes are now a system-wide feature. Just swipe in from the lower right corner to jot down some thoughts using the keyboard or Apple Pencil uh, and expect some multitasking and Safari changes too. Uh, one thing that iOS 15 and iPad OS 15 does not have at launch is the share play feature. It lets you enjoy movies, shows, and music together with friends over FaceTime, and you can share your screen with them. Apple will release the feature on those operating systems uh, later, uh, as well as tvOS 15 and uh, macOS Monterey. Uh, Apple also put the child safety features it planned, the much maligned ones that Jeremy uh, we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, that it planned to be part of iOS 15 on the back burner while it makes some other improvements. So there you go. So um, those are some cool under-the-hood things that they have improved. But uh, And as Wiltz was wondering about when we talked about the new iPhones last week, the big thing that they're hanging their hat on in this generation of updates and this go-around for 2021 is the the um, the cameras on the new phones. So I know a lot of folks will be excited about that. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much for calling in. Some great points and some interesting things, as always, to think about that we didn't even anticipate talking about today. Uh, stay tuned. Coming up next is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 a.m. for Everyday Tech right here on MPB Think Radio.